Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five and six-figure launches, tripled their income and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful humans. I hope you are wonderful. Welcome back to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. Today, I am interviewing the incredible Terry Connellan. Terry is a certified life coach, writer, and accredited psychological type practitioner. She has a Master of Arts in Language and Literacy, two teaching qualifications, and a successful 30-year career as a teacher and leader in adult vocational education. Her coaching and writing focus is on three elements, creativity, personality, and self-leadership especially for women in transition to a life with deeper purpose. Terry works with women globally through her creative business, Quiet Writing, encouraging deeper self-understanding of body of work, creativity, and psychological type for more wholehearted and fulfilling lives. She lives and writes in a village on the outskirts of Sydney, surrounded by beach and bush, which sounds like heaven to me. In this episode, I really wanted to chat with Terry about the book writing process because she has just written her latest book, which you will hear more about in this episode. So we talk through exactly how this book came to be, her processes, her habits, her morning routine, her rituals, what works for her in terms of getting words on the paper, and how she has been able to put this together and produce it into the world. Having not written a book myself yet, perhaps it will be something that happens one day in this business. I'm always really interested in hearing more about the book writing process because I think it's like the most incredible creative endeavor that you can set out to do really. Uh, And I'm so excited to share with you this conversation with Terry. She has so much wisdom and I know you're going to love it. Enjoy. Terry, something that I love about your journey is that you kicked off coaching in midlife. And I think that's so wonderful because something that I just really, really love is stories that buck the trend of having to do things a certain way or a set way. And I know that you're really big on forging your own path. And I know we've recently had a conversation around, you know, feelings of like people my age moving into retirement and that doesn't feel good for me. And so can you just share with us a little bit about your journey and what that's looked like? 
So I'm an author, transition coach, and a personality type practitioner. But previously, I was an employee, government employee in the vocational education sector in Australia for a long time. So for 30 years, I started that career at the age of 25 full time. So 30 years, a lot of my identity invested in um, vocational education as firstly as a teacher for about half of that journey, and secondly, as a leader. And as I went through that career, it was a very successful career. I gained a lot of satisfaction from it. But as I went through that journey, I also found that what was really important to me, which is creativity, that's my number one value, my number one mission, wasn't being activated in my life. At the same time, I also found that um, that sort of desire wasn't being activated, but also the organisation I was working for was moving in a different direction. So that sense of alignment just opened up. And it was um, through a series of circumstances and particularly one particular circumstance in the workplace where I wasn't offered a position where I thought I was very well suited, just totally threw me into a situation where I knew I had to find a new path. So in um, choosing that path, I I drew on my body of work. I drew on what I've done in the past where I thought I could take myself into the future and become a coach. Just seemed a really great fit for that journey, making a difference been a really important value too so I guess alongside creativity making a difference to coming together building on my teaching my leadership all the skills I've developed over time coaching seemed like a great fit so um, yeah I became a coach working through Beautiful You Coaching Academy which was a thoroughly positive experience and um, the way I see it is I added coaching to my skill set that I already had so you know a body of work I'd built up over time I added coaching to that skill set, but um, yeah, at midlife, it's not the easiest of journeys. So the biggest thing I found in that was that it was about identity. So that sort of identity I'd crafted as a teacher, as a, a leader, I then had to totally recraft into becoming a coach and also writing, which I mean, the two things were always very close together for me. Being a coach, being a writer, they were sort of like hand in hand on that journey. And the whole process was about recreating myself personally. And the way I chose to do that was through skills. And I guess coming from a skills background, it sort of makes sense, I guess, to to think of that journey in terms of skills. So there was three main skills. One was becoming a coach. Um, The second was becoming a psychological type practitioner, working on personality. And the third was learning the intuitive art of tarot. I love your clarity when you speak about it. Was that clarity always there or did it take time for that to, to kind of come to fruition when you decided to make the leap? The fascinating thing is that clarity was always there. So right back, it's five years now that I've um, been on the transition journey. Uh, when I initially hit sort of rock bottom or that you know, time when I knew I had to make a change and it was quite challenging, I reached out to a coach. And in that time, which is now, as I said, five years ago, I was totally clear. I had them on a whiteboard in my room that there was these three goals which were um, you know, life coaching, personality type coaching, and um, the intuitive art of tarot. And I didn't, I didn't actually really know, for example, why the tarot was there. But I've learned over time that tapping into my intuition was absolutely critical for just knowing how how to take my journey forward. And to, that's actually a strength of mine as an INTJ personality is my intuition. That's that's my strength. And it was almost like my intuition came in and said, well, you need to do some hard work on, on this uh, area of your life. You've been leading, you've been probably using it there, but now it's got to come to the fore. And um, building those skills around coaching, around personality type and around intuition were just, just crystal clear. 
And then I sort of put the steps in to move towards that and um, start to build a business and also my my um, quiet writing website and business emerged around that time as well five years ago. That clarity is incredibly inspiring. And I think that um, there's a lot that people listening could learn from, you know, connecting to that clarity and then the action that you took. And obviously for so many, they don't necessarily have that clarity that quickly and that clearly, and there's no right or wrong around that. But I, I definitely think that you really understanding personality types and personality profiling would have supported you in that journey. And, and I'd love to ask you about that briefly before we go on to talk about the book writing process, which I'm really interested to chat more about. So you use Myers-Briggs as part of your profiling. I'm, I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Because you just spoke to INTJ. Yeah, I use um, Jungian psychological type and the tool that I work with is the Majors Personality Type Inventory. Um, similar sort of yeah. uh, framework. So it comes up with the four-letter code. Yeah. Amazing. And when your clients really understand that, what does it enable them to do? The reason why working with psychological type and personality um, information is so important is that it helps you to make sense of things that you often know, but you don't quite have a framework for. So the the big power for me of uh, working with psychological type and understanding how we're wired is around having a compass for experience, Mm -hmm. having a framework where we can uh, put things. And it's particularly around knowing what our strengths are our natural strengths and our preferences and then knowing the other pieces that come into play to support us because it's quite a dynamic process in terms of um, your cognitive preferences and then also the areas that you will run a mile from or avoid but if we can shine a light on that and realize that it's uh, it's just something we don't prefer but also particularly as as we move into midlife we we start to activate um, our wholeness in much more concrete ways and stretch into our um, opposite, which is why midlife can often be such a turbulent time because we're actually moving from what's comfortable to us into that space that really feels uncomfortable, strange, and we don't feel that we're confident in that area. But if we can have a framework to be more conscious about those areas, we can stretch into them and we can use them to help us grow. So to me it's that knowing what our strength is and consciously working with that using it as like a um, anchor or a a centre point and then stretching into the areas that are not so comfortable. The whole can come together. That's why I love that idea of wholehearted and wholeness, all the things that I I connect with in my work are about that whole journey. Even just a small tweak in those areas can really amplify the whole. You know this already, but I talk so much about like having a signature method or a signature framework or a signature process in your work. And I just love this because essentially what you're speaking to is like by adding in a framework or creating a process around something, it actually really helps your brain to connect the dots. And I think that especially in a time when we have so much information coming at us always, our brain is like constantly stressed by information overload. And so by being able to connect to a system, a framework, a theory that we can connect to, it helps us to process that information. And 
allow it to feel um, true for us. And so something that um, I really recommend from a business perspective is that clients have their own signature framework in their work. And I think what's interesting about this conversation is you've just shared another reason why that's important to do so, because it gives people something to connect to and a way of joining the dots and connecting the dots and making meaning and therefore making transformational change from those dots being connected. I really want to talk about the book writing process because you have just authored your first book. How exciting. What a wild time. It is. It's very exciting. I have it here. I put my hand on it and it's just a very beautiful thing after four years of writing. Amazing. So good. Four years of writing. I love that. Okay. So I want to talk more about the process. When did you decide that you wanted to write a book? And yeah, just take us into that process. What's it look like for you? Well, I've always wanted to write a book. I think that's been one of, if you ask me what my big life goal is, it's been to write a book. So like a lot of people that who love writing, that idea of seeing what something they've created as an idea, taking it through the process, writing process, and then being able to hold it or share it is a really powerful driver. So as part of my transition process, when I decided that I wanted to make more space for writing, my first goal was actually to write a novel. You know, that's a passion of mine, something I've always wanted to do. But as I stepped from out of the workplace and into making space for more creativity, which was my goal, I found that what I was actually going through was just a really compelling thing for me to write about. I just found as I was going through and my, my journey of transition became quite complex and um, challenging as I went through it, that there were very few guides, very few handbooks, very few um, tools that basically helped you shift from one identity to another to take you through that sort of messy process of, um, of what transition looks like. So I started my journey of transition about five years ago. Um, so that's when I reached out to a coach, started to chef Kohada, was born in September 2016. I created a new website. I'd been blogging for a while, from since 2010. So um, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about a long runway. So I'd sort of been on the runway, but as I was going through that time of transition, it was important to me to, to start to document what I was, what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And it was for two reasons. One, to help make sense of it for myself. And two, the always a very strong mission of being able to help other women going through that same process because it did feel, I felt quite lost. It felt very uncertain. And then, you know, as we talked about before, coming a coach in midlife, all that I'm too old, it's too late, you know, I should be retiring, whatever the shoulds in the life, you know, limiting beliefs that can come up, came up. So in 2017, I made a plan and I have a, a map that I've, I post online of February 2017. I actually did a mind map of what this book might look like. And from that, I started to shape up. And again, I was quite clear on what this shape of this book looked like. So I made a a plan of what it looked like, sort of the, the shape and the image of a spiral, um, which is my logo and which is on the cover of my book, is a very central image around that, that idea of sort of moving through the journey, getting the practical skills and then opening up. And um, just as we do in life, layering and learning again and going through the cycle and getting the tools for that. So in the writing process, I was caring for my mother at that time. The other thing that happened was that my mother was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer at the time when I was making my transition. So I left work and I never actually went back. So my day became quite, um, days became quite challenging, but I built writing into that 
time and tried to capture all of that. In November of that year, I did NaNoWriMo, which people might know is um, it's National Novel Writing Month, and it's a way of getting writing done in a really um, intense way. The goal is to write 50,000 words in a month. So I did that. I, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I took the opportunity of that framework. Again, I, I like frameworks and I think it helps to have structure to write 1,667 words a day, every day for a month. And that was how I got the bulk of the book written because I worked in Scrivener. People may not know that it's a writing or may know that it's a writing software where you can put the hole in and I just write each day what I felt was the right um, thing to write. Following that, I developed a 100,000 word draft. And then from that, I had let it incubated probably for a long time, just had to see where it was going. And then I reached out to um, a friend, Penelope Love, who's a fellow writer and editor. And she helped me with the developmental editing of that book, which be actually became two books. So there's a main book and there's a workbook, but the workbook is actually full of content as well as not just lines. It's lots of practical application of the main book. And they're, they're sort of like two pieces of marble that have been crafted together that have then been separated out to um, take people on a really deep journey of transition and the tools that can help. The biggest challenge for me in that process was the editing. I mean, the whole journey is such a long haul journey. So that's sort of getting the ideas, creating the draft, getting that 100,000 words, then splitting it into two. <laughs> and then we went into editing and that that takes a long time. I love that you did this 50,000 word challenge and it kind of makes me think, would you say that creating some sort of challenge is like really needs to be part of the process? Like putting yourself out of your comfort zone in a big way, challenging yourself to write a certain amount of words a day over a period of time, like creating that kind of incubation period for, you know, a creative experience that is, I want to say like once in a lifetime, even though it might be more than once in a lifetime that we do it, it's not a standard creative process like writing a blog post might be. Do you believe that you, you kind of need to create this incubator period or this, this time that's like different to the rest of your life to make it happen? It certainly helped me in that process. And I think Stephen Pressfield talks about the amateur mindset versus a professional mindset. And for me, that getting my butt in the chair every day, and, and I mean, in the end, it was only an hour, just over an hour, sometimes a day, in a very difficult time. It was incredibly challenging, but I just, knowing I had that goal, knowing I, I knew the mission for my book was important, wanting to make sense of it was important, but I, I did find that that ability to just say, well, here's the time and having a structure around it of, you know, so many words, it's motivating, gives you a target. Many writers I took have done that same challenge at some time and it often becomes a practice you can then pick up and use on a day-to-day basis anyway. And when you wrote, did you try to keep it linear in that you sort of started at the start and went to the end or did you pick different sections? Because it sounds like you you had the overarching narrative, but did you choose different components to write at different times? I did. Once I had that structure and I, I'd sort of made a, a bit of a start, I think I'd written the first 10,000 words when I started on the National Novel Writing Month, even though it wasn't a novel. And the other thing that emerged at that time was the practices I talk about in the book, which is my morning pages, my tarot practices. And as I was using those as anchors, things would pop up. So if I'd find in the morning that the issue of comparisonitis, envy was coming up, there's a section in the book about that, 
I wrote about that. So it became that combination of having the structure of knowing where I was going, plus being able to tap into the very practices I was writing about really helped me to do that. The other thing I did was I put every other book away. I didn't sit with other books. I just knew that in this sort of structure that I had, each piece was something I knew about and I had my story about, and I just wrote from the heart. And I think that made a huge difference. I think um, my personality type, I'm a Virgo. I like to sort of draw on lots of sources, be very competent. And sometimes that can be a barrier. I found Mm. putting everything away, trusting myself, and just writing to that topic this day in this hour was able how I was able to get the book written. It was a really great process. I hear you on Virgo Life. You're speaking to my soul <laughs> right now. You know that. <laughs> We've I talked do. about this before. <laughs> so you didn't read any books at all. I mean, I was reading plenty, and there's lots, lots of like it draws on lots of other books, and there's a huge book list in the back and lots of end notes. But I just found putting other people's voices away and allowing all those influences to come through, Mm. but just to talk about my journey and what was important to me was what I needed to do because otherwise I think it's easy for us to become very derivative or not allow ourselves to find our voice. It gets a bit lost in the voices of others. A friend of mine was saying recently that she was writing a nonfiction book and she said, I only read fiction during that time because I wanted to still get lost in words and I found reading to really support the writing process. And for me, I know I write better because I'm such a reader. You know, I read roughly kind of a book a week and a lot of the time it's just like crappy romantic fiction, but just love, love reading so much. And I thought it was really interesting when she shared that she was like, when I wrote my nonfiction book, I couldn't read any other nonfiction for that reason that you articulated so beautifully mm. around really anchoring into her own voice. But she was like, I read heaps of fiction though, because I still wanted to be in the practice of that. So I, I think it's so interesting because it, it goes to show as well that everyone has a different journey and like coming back to what you were saying before, really trusting yourself around what serves you through that process. So let's talk a little bit about creativity. And then I want to hear more about your daily rituals and practice, which you touched on before. You mentioned Liz Gilbert, also a very big fan. And, um, you know, her book, Big Magic is one of my absolute all-time favorites. And I love the way that she talks about creativity and Stephen Pressfield, another human that I just love, you know, the way he kind of talks about moving through resistance and like getting your butt in the chair and doing the work, no matter what, what did creativity look like for you? Like when did the muse appear? How did the muse appear? What did you do on days where you felt like you had writer's block? Do you even believe in writer's block? Tell us more about that. The muse has always been there, I guess, is is one answer. But the reason I think this muse arrived in this way for this book was just creating, going through the experience myself and realising that it was really important to articulate it. But I think it really kicked in or it was really empowered. I did some work with Essie Spencer, a, a program she did called Book Whispering, and she got us to really articulate our why about our book. And once I did that, I mean, whilst a lot of it's about self, self-leadership, self-expression, it's about that for other people. So once I really realised that this creative process and this book was about supporting other women on their journey to living more wholehearted lives, that was so important the other thing I did on the way through was I actually asked other women to share their stories so on on my blog there's over 20 stories other women have contributed about wholehearted living so there was this other lovely 
um, sort of muse of other women's voices coming in, which I've, I've sort of included their stories in um, wholehearted as well and hoping to bring that together into another book in the future. But that idea that wholehearted means and self-leadership and transition are things that mean something to me but are other women's journeys too. So I think creating that link, that sort of daisy chain of connections between us um, and hearing other women's stories was a really important part of that muse and that Stephen Pressfield again talks about the daemon or the calling, realising what this is all about why it's important, I think that really helps to give you the strength to um, to keep going, especially through the tough times. Definitely. Do you think writer's block's real? Um, I don't have a big um, focus on that and it's, I mean, I've worked as a teacher of writing, writes, you know, with a literacy teacher. So I guess my work has been how to practically get people going with writing and whilst, you know, I've seen writer's block in different types, ways, shapes and form and ex- probably experienced a little bit over the years, it's, not something I subscribe to so much. I probably tend to look at, um, try and take a positive approach. You know, what do you want to write? Why do you want to write it? What can help help us do that? And certainly from a personality type perspective, I've done some work recently looking at how cognitive science and personality type come together. We can use those insights too just to help realise, like for an extrovert, for example, writing might be really well activated by getting in a group and brainstorming ideas rather than sitting on your own in a room. For an introvert, it's probably going to be much more internal, pointing at my office and my room, you know, because it happens here, (laughs) Um, process. So I think part of it too is understanding why things might be difficult and then putting the practices, the procedures and the location in place to help it happen. I love that. So yeah, not subscribing to writer's block being something that's going to trip you up, but rather anchoring into what you can do instead to move through it. I want to finish up then by talking about your daily routine with writing, because I just always love hearing about other people's daily routines and how they kind of structure their writing. Obviously, you know, this being a four-year journey and you sharing that you were doing it during a really challenging time, I can imagine and see how it would have changed over the years for you. In kind of like your ultimate day now, how do you write? When do you choose to write? What does that process look like for you? What are those anchors that you spoke about? You share a little more about that. You're right, it does evolve. And I think, you know, it's important to realise that a routine that served us at one time of our life may not serve us in another. So I think it's, or practices, it's important for us to be flexible. And I've certainly had to learn that on my journey. So what's working for me now? I get up early. I get up at um, half past five. I connect online with my friend Beth, who lives in Melbourne, and we connect virtually via Zoom at six o'clock. And um, some other women sometimes join us. And we write in short bursts. So we use sort of the Pomodoro idea of, which is, you know, 25-minute bursts with a timer. I have a quick chat, another 25 minutes. But in that morning process too, I start with my morning pages um, and I do them on the computer. So I find I, use, I have trouble with my hand, I have a bit of osteoarthritis. So again, changing my routines to fit with um, personal situation. I work on the computer and then I do my tarot practice drawing three cards, drawing the wisdom from that. I share it on Instagram stories every day. And then I spend some time on a writing task of importance. So um, at the moment, it's fairly organic because one project is finishing and I've um, spent a bit of time starting to get the next one together. Sometimes I do what suits me. And I I guess I see writing as a broad church of blogging, (laughs) writing a newsletter for my people, working on on a new book, 
sometimes it might be just something that comes to mind that you just want to get that um, space out. But I think just having that space in the day by the time 7.30 rolls around, um, you've had that opportunity to once, you know, do the morning pages work and surface what's um, rolling around, what's worrying you, what, you know, what your plan is for the day. I use, I use morning pages as a planning tool. The tarot, I, I do see it as a writing task too because I read, I gather the information and then I craft a message and then the whatever happens after that, what was all different things that I've been doing lately, but they all feed into this. My author is my word of the year um, this year, so they all feed into this path of writing. And then in the rest of the day, um, sometimes just depends on what the priorities are. If there's, you know, previously there was editing priorities that took up a large chunk of the day. There's work that I want to do in my routine, stretch into a bit. Um, there's a, a woman called Anne Janser who's written a great book called The Writer's Process, and she talks about not trying to do like the same type of mental tasks at the same, same, like it's too demanding to do lots and lots of drafting, but try and structure my day so that I'm drafting this, editing that, proofreading that and using different parts of my brain during the day as well as coaching, of mm. course. So, so that's what I'd like to, I think, get better done a little bit more effectively, but that's the goal. I love that so much. And I think, you know, you've brought in so many beautiful references of people like Stephen Pressfield and Liz Gilbert and, um, you know, morning pages. And we'll add all of those into the show notes because I think that all of that will be so useful for, um, for anyone listening that is a budding author or considering adding it into, you know, their entrepreneurial life at some stage or just really interested in this process for other writing projects and activities as well. Terry, I've loved having this conversation. I said to you at the start before we hit record, we haven't had a conversation on the podcast before about the writing process. And so I've loved having this with you today. Before we finish up, can you share a little bit more with us about Wholehearted? So Wholehearted is um, my new book. So Wholehearted, Self-Leadership for Women in Transition, basically takes a mix of my experiences, the journey that I went through, my inner, inner journey, um, how I moved through that process to start to, you know, talk about lighthouses, stepping stones, new sort of ways of making a new life, take people through the big supports, things like tapping into your passions, working with your body of work, some big themes that really emerged for me. Then I take people in the bulk of the book is 15 wholehearted self-leadership skills that um, help women with transition and men, I don't think that it's entirely for women, though I have written it for women. I'm sure men can benefit as well. But it's about things like writing, like working with intuition, working intentionally, 15 skills that I just drew from my experience, have you know, connected them with other people's um, work. Uh, and then at the end we sort of look at some big things that help you just to bring it all together, like synchronicity, tapping into higher powers, shadow work, working with you know the, some of the negative sides of things that pop up. Um, and just grounding ourselves in the practical and the everyday, those things that we've talked about. So, yeah, so it's very exciting to have brought all that together. And with the companion workbook, they, as I said, they sort of sit like two pieces of a whole as well. So, um, you know, people can choose to engage with both books or read one and perhaps engage with this. The other is a deeper dive. So, yeah, so I really look forward to sharing my story, my journey. And like I see it as a just a huge toolkit of um, tips, experiences, books, resources that people can draw on if they're going through change. But I also think the big thing is it um, helps people not to feel so alone because it can feel quite a lonely journey. 
and also to know that there are frameworks and compasses that can support us when we're uncertain and making big change. So incredible. And we'll share in the show notes how people can get their hands on wholehearted as well. So thank you so much for sharing that with everyone. Terry, it's just been so incredible witnessing your journey online over the past few years. And I've loved this chat so much. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much, Ellie. It's been a joy. 